0: comes it's nashville untold with andrew buckwalter the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on nashville's business charitable and entertainment scenes joining us now from his roving camper studio here's andrew Thank you for tuning in to episode 37. Today in The Rambler, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ashley Gorley. It's like
1: whatever their passion is, a lot of times that's just a distraction. Like people love music, thankfully. They love going to shows, they love all that stuff. But I loved it so much that I was like, I have to be, I mean, I have to have my hands on this 24 yeah. 7 somehow. So um, it's one of those things that it's hard to not
0: obsess about and think about, you know, relentlessly. Right. Ashley Gorley is an American songwriter, publisher, and producer from Danville, Kentucky, who is based in Nashville, Tennessee. Gorley is an undeniable 4 six-time ASCAP Songwriter of the Year winner, 2009, in the last five years. He has 39 number one singles to his name and has over 300 songs recorded by well-known artists such as Luke Bryan, Carrie Underwood, Florida Georgia Line, Blake Shelton, Brad Paisley, Jason Aldean, Darius Rucker, Trace Atkins, and many more. He was three-time NSAI Songwriter of the Year, 12-time CMA Triple Play Award winner, three-time Billboard No. 1 Country Songwriter of the Year, 12-time CMA Triple Play Award winner, and 2013 ACM Songwriter of the Year nominee. In addition to his chart-topping singles, he co-wrote Strong for the 2014 National Chevy Silverado Advertising Campaign, Recent number one singles include Marry Me by Thomas Rhett and What Makes You Country by Luke Bryan. Gorley has been such a force of a writer over the years that along with these current singles, he's written some of country music's most memorable songs of the last 15 years, including Brad Paisley's number one, Then, Trace Atkins' number one, You're Gonna Miss This, Carrie Underwood's number one, All-American Girl, Darius Ruckers' number one, It Won't Be Like This For Long, and the number one Brad Paisley-Keith Urban duet, start a band. In 2011, Gorley formed Tape Room Music, a publishing company with a focus on artist development. Writers for Tape Room Music have already celebrated 11 number one songs and 8 top 10 singles. As you can tell from the interview, Ashley's family is very important to him, and keeping the balance between work and family is key. He's always been involved in coaching some of his kids' sports, and his faith is very important to him. It has been inspiring to watch Ashley accomplish so much over the years, and yet he has always stayed humble, and if you met him, you would never know how successful he is. That is something I've always respected about him. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hello, Nashville. Today, I am hanging out with the one and only Ashley Gorley. And we are in uh, Franklin at his uh, his crib. Yep. Man, it's beautiful. I think I'm probably going to stay here all weekend. Is that cool? Yeah, you park right here. All right. Hey, I uh, really thank you for uh, taking the time to join me in the yeah, Rambler. No problem. Ashley doesn't... It's a, nice, it's a nice Rambler. Thanks. You like it? I do. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm, that's what you should say. Do oh. you sleep here? Like... In like marital spats? I almost did. Um, when I was rehabbing it, I thought I was actually going to have to take it and go down by the river. You can. Yeah. Um, Convenient. It is. Okay. I don't have a bathroom, but. <coughs> anyway, so Ashley, I mentioned, you know, all your accolades before we talk, but, uh and I don't have to ask him, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself because he's a songwriter. And actually, what, two days ago, you just hit your uh, number 39? Yes. Number one? Yeah, this week, yeah. Um I'm sure you can you even count higher than that? Like, what's your goal? A hundred? <laughs> there, there was no goal. Yeah, it's all gravy now. <laughs> anyway, so he's crazy. He's crazy. Um, and I, I, I've been pretty excited to finally sit down with you and ask you a couple of questions. So yeah, man. let's dive in. Didn't do it. All right. So let's uh, let's start out by taking a trip back to Danville, Kentucky. <laughs> if you flip through some of your childhood photos, what are some moments that would stick out to you that began to shape you as a kid? Well, there's old pictures of me, all kinds of
1: stuff, right? So there's the youth group I was in. um, There's old pictures of music classes um, in school. There's old, terrible basketball pictures of me being a skinny freshman, just trying to play ball. I'm trying to look tough for the picture. Um, Basketball was a a huge thing to me, like learning how to push myself beyond my limits and try to make up for my lack of talent with hard work, you know, which is kind of how I patterned my my life since then, um, without too much innate ability, but actually trying to, trying to hold my own there and in music and everything. So, uh, there's some, probably some pictures somewhere of me, uh, DJing some parties and dances and stuff, which is something I still love to do. My 10 year old the other day, um, had me set up all my DJ stuff in his bedroom. So I went in there the other day and he was bumping and it was a, it was a weird flashback of, uh, what I used to do in my bedroom. So
0: have you DJ'd um, any of like their dances or anything yet? Skull no, dances. no,
1: they, they they said they didn't like the le- there as well. Hopefully he's not listening. But whoever DJ'd the last one, they're like, "Dad, you got to do the next one." I'm like, "They're not ready for that, man. They don't want me to really mixing stuff in, but I would." But that would be really funny. I I don't do that very often. I just
0: you did just do like a little stint with yeah, it, right? we did a little eight week. How was that? Run. Was that pretty it fun?
1: Was, it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Who was it with? It was the perfect combination of everything I love. Like It was opening for Thomas Rhett on his tour. He's was an amazing person and artist, and we get along, and there's no riff-raff, and he's a, he's a great guy out there on the road, so we wrote the uh, majority of his album that's coming out sometime this summer, I think. So we would write for him during the day, and then we would open the show and, and do an opening set of old-school 90s hip-hop R&B stuff, uh, which is my favorite, right before he goes on to Get the crowd hype for about thirty minutes. So we got to do that, and then we would write at night after, and we play. Ba- we take a break and play basketball during the day. It was literally the whole. It was like fantasy camp, but um, that's pretty. Cool. And that was a quick thing. I was. It was. Gone, it was. It was tough because I. It seems like you're not, gone that much to do that, but we ended up leaving sometimes on Tuesday or Wednesday and coming back Sunday night, and we're dead tired from the travel. Um, so I, I probably won't. I'm not gonna do that mm. again for a little while, but I I would you know if that came up in yeah. a year or two i would definitely
0: entertain that yeah that's cool um and then remind me do you have siblings yeah i've got brother and sister um older than me okay half brother a
1: uh, different dad but it was still you know okay we all we all hang Now they're all i'm the only person that isn't in kentucky still so gotcha speaking of danville my brothers in lexington my mom and dad and sister in danville um my wife's family is from close to Close to Danville, uh, just out in the county, out uh, in Boyle County, and they, um, they all live really close proximity to yeah. each other. So, I'm the I'm the weird one that got out of there. I came to Tennessee and didn't know anybody, and um, loved it. So this is kind of home now.
0: Yeah. All right. So speaking of your DJ and um, you know, t- let's go back to that high school. What mm-hmm. did that look like for you? Were you the uh, obviously you played basketball? But were you the yeah? But
1: basketball wasn't this sp- that is not like the cool. Uh, Sports guy. Basketball was like a a sidebar. To, football was the main thing. I think we lost one football game the whole time I was in high school. I wasn't on the team, so I had nothing to do with it. But it was it was a huge football. It was one of those schools where if you played football, they started telling you don't play anything else. You mm-hmm. know, by the time you were a freshman. So, of course, that let me have a starting spot on the team because all the football guys quit. So I was fine with that. But they um, you know, it was it was a it was it was that Friday Night Lights town, just like in the movies. Very. Um, Close to that kind of description, all about the football and trying to go to state, right, and cheering them on and everything. So it it was, it was that kind of vibe. I I was a, I mean, we had a we had a cool crew of guys who we all thought we were cool and trying to be, um, trying to act more grown up than we were, and it was fun. And we, um, you know, there's the basketball crew, and then there was uh, there's just uh, a good crew of guys that was really into music and into going to the dances and hanging out and just, just very social. And, um, it was good. It was trying cause there's always conflicting cultures and different, different mm-hmm. groups of people. And you're trying to figure out who you are. So, um, high school is not a time that I like revel in necessarily. Um, and even now I got, I've got two kids in high school and I make sure they know I'm like, Hey, I know this is tough. This is not, they should definitely not be the best years of your life. You're just trying to figure it all out. So, yeah. It was one of those stumbling around for trying to figure out who I was and then landing on that more once I got out of there and went to college. Right.
0: So uh, how far is Danville from University of Kentucky? It's Like 45 minutes. That's, it's surprising that basketball wasn't as big there. Oh, it was. We just happened to have— a bunch of really that's good. Really football. good
1: football. Oh yeah, everybody still play. Like everybody. Okay. It's like almost all my friends. I can't name very many friends that couldn't play a game of pickup basketball. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, like it's something you're supposed to be able to do. It, th- it 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 throws me off now if I'm with somebody like, hey, let's go. You wanna play play tonight? And they're like, I don't play basketball. I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, you gotta yeah. be able to play. So we played last night. We still play pickup basketball here until our knees all fall off. So.
0: Well, I um, mean, kind of. Y'all just play like horse. No, 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 five on five, man, full court, full court, Going man. I, I was telling somebody the other night, I said, I remember playing over by your old house oh, yeah. and man, that full court, I hadn't played in a long time. I I, did full I never a, was. It's a, it's a different sport. Yeah. It was, it was killer. Um, crazy. All right. So, um, why'd you choose Belmont and, uh, how did college help grow you up and what did those college years look like? Yeah. Belmont.
1: Belmont is different than my wife went to University of Kentucky, so really different school. It's like a high school versus a college kind of, just meaning like you see people and you know those people Mm -hmm. by name. You have classes with a few of the same people, almost like a big high school. When I went to Belmont, there's about a a quarter of the amount of enrollment that that's there now, maybe a third. So it really felt like a small Mm -hmm. school, and a lot of the people there were down to business. You know what I mean? There was a lot of people going on the weekends there would be parties here and there, but it wasn't like a big Greek, like it just wasn't like what you would picture college being. So a lot of us, there's a lot of guys like me that would take the early classes, have to do a work study to help pay for college. And then we'd go to class and then we would intern after and then we would write songs till midnight. So it was, it was a packed. It was like, hey, this is time to figure out how to make this this music thing happen. Right. I, w- I went there because they have a music business program and because it looked cool. And I, I think that's the only place I applied and I went. Like I... Uh, Once I got in Because it was either there Or moved to You know Atlanta or New York Or LA Mm -hmm. Miami Something with a With a music scene Right Um, I didn't know that I would do country music Until I came here And then fell in love With the process of You know Getting songs recorded And publishing And all that kind of stuff So um, I didn't figure all that out Until I started And jumped in When I was in college But um, yeah, Belmont was very, they, had, they, had, they have good like spiritual leadership there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Christian school. And it was back then, it was Baptist affiliated. It's not now, but there were still things like, you know, BSU or FCA or whatever, you know, just things like where like people like me that didn't know anybody in the whole school, mm-hmm. including my roommate, could like wander out to the, to a grouping and, and worship and, and find people that were actually, you know, some of the older guys there and upperclassmen were willing to invest in some of us freshmen and like, you know, talk to them and check on us. And yeah. they have a really, they had a really good program of that type mentorship and they had a really good internship program. Uh, if you're hungry enough, they would place you in situations where you could, um, you know, where you could achieve what you wanted and, and meet the people you need to meet. They had a lot of seminars there from the people that you want to hear from that were explaining how to do it. So I just soaked all that in and you know, did everything I could to try to, to mm-hmm. try
0: to make it, knowing, knowing the odds, but also not, not afraid of them, you know? All right. So how old were you when you, uh, when you wrote your first song and what was it about? No, I Do you remember? No, no, I'm sure it was You're like, supposed to it was like this. a probably bad boys to men spinoff. It was like, t-
1: were you really young? Oh yeah. I mean, not like eight. I wasn't okay. wasn't like, I wasn't like a Taylor Swift, you know what I mean? But, I, I, I made, I, I did what they call making tracks or I would make instrumentals. I did that from the time I could figure it out, 10, 12, as soon as I could record something. Um, or make a remix of a song Take right. like a popular song i'd add music to it and try to make like a new version of it so that's kind of like writing but as far as getting into all the lyrics and stuff like that it was more 15 16 14 15 16 somewhere yeah and um yeah it was some some weird twist on the word goodbye not very good none of those were any good uh but, but it was just something you know it wasn't like obviously what i've done here for less few years where I didn't even know it was a process I was just trying to figure it right. out so there were little scraps of. you songs are actually there. probably doing what a lot of people are doing in Nashville right no I make <laughs> yeah I was making beats and being like oh this would go with it and suddenly the lyrical once I moved to Nashville the impact of stories and lyrics and everything like that kind of rose to the forefront so I actually stopped making um or stopped producing basically as much once I was about 20 or 21 and focused on melody and lyric hmm. um I'd been to LA I'd, I'd i'd found out like how great stuff can sound if, if that's what you devote your time to I also don't have a great attention span so the attention to detail it takes to make songs sound like they do you know on pop radio for example it I, I bailed on that i was like i can't mm. do that so i kind of put all the the gear away and stripped it back down to lyric and melody and thought hey if i can write a better song than somebody then we can figure out the
0: way it should sound later all Right. so why did you pursue songwriting like what was it the, was their influence at- at that young age that are well, you just, just pursued
1: music, music business in general i was always an mtv and radio and mixtape junkie you know what i mean so I, I would like really consume a lot of music like i listened to it nonstop, headphones um anytime at all i would check out like the top i was obsessed with like countdowns and stuff like that mm-hmm. i used to record those on tape yeah, yeah, tape. yeah. a lot yeah. of people like that but i would be like why is for some reason i just wondered how did this song happen Mm-hmm. like why does this sound amazing you know right some of the old like new jack swing stuff and mm-hmm. and hip-hop and things like and and pop everything that was out you know rock too, everything it just really like the process of getting it from creation to my ears right um was really that's fast, pretty fast, fascinating to me so i didn't really know oh this now later on when i started researching i was like oh my gosh the same people wrote a lot of these songs right that i like right how did that happen how did they get this song? And then I'd find out, oh, this artist didn't even write this song. Now is Some this random is this before name. you got into college? It was like right okay, at that right. time, right? At, I mean, kind of. when I was just going to be in the music business, so right. I was a product product development uh, music business major, but I was basically a business degree, and then take all these extra classes on you know on top of that. So I had to take all the international business and mm-hmm. economics and right. accounting and which actually and has helped a lot, right? Yeah, yeah all that. Stuff. So I got a business kind of finance thing going i had that going and then I, I was kind of a publishing production major once i learned what publishing was and learned that that was the copyright ownership and the um the creative process
0: mm-hmm.
1: of everything that happens up to releasing a, a song or making a song get on an album um i was fascinated with that now i didn't know i wasn't like oh i'm gonna write these i didn't like go play coffee shops or do like my path is different i wasn't ever in a band i didn't um run around with a guitar playing songs but i'm gonna be a songwriter since i was 10. i just knew i wanted to be in the music mm-hmm. business i didn't know if that was an executive i didn't know if that was a right uh
0: studio you know yeah so what, what made what? you go with the songwriter? because that's tried, one tried thing i had all. noted and you were doing it in college right yeah, yeah that was class is... week you try engineering
1: the worst thing i ever did was audio some kind of class where it was very scientific right you're talking about 4k hertz frequencies it's very it's very science driven and that was not my thing so the worst two class worst grades i ever got in my life were that and uh piano i tried to take piano because i don't play the correct way when i was in college and i tried to quit it after like a month because i I couldn't undo my the way my brain works you know I, i still can't read music so it didn't make sense to me
0: right right that's cool um all right so what uh who has had the biggest influence in your life, professionally and personally? Oh gosh, I mean, people
1: along the way, like you know, we know each other from Two Rivers Baptist Church. So mm-hmm. I mean, Todd Cox and Jimmy Disney and these guys that would challenge me to be in studies. Um, yeah, you led you led one of our together. studies, men's
0: study for a long
1: time. Um, yeah, but I mean, before before any of that, before leading anything, it's those yeah. guys, Steve Rudd. There's people that have led um, uh, that have led studies that have shaped what I think marriage has to be and what I think raising kids looks like. And without that stuff, then that would be completely, you know, like lost. Like those are things I I wish everybody knew that they need to learn before they get into adulthood and everything. But those guys had the greatest impact personally. And my parents and my wife never thinking what I wanted to do was crazy or my, my wife, especially not, um, not telling me, Oh, you should, do this is a hobby and just get a real job so we can get a nice house that that never those conversations never happened
0: so it was always just like we're just gonna crank on this till it mm-hmm. till it works um and then obviously in college doing the writing that's just that you you went that route because i'm sure some of the other stuff might have been more secure no nothing in music is secure okay i mean it, it's all completely
1: not not good odds you know what i mean even if you're a producer or an okay. engineer all that stuff is not you know Songwriting is more of like the home run thing, like you are either it's right. a feast or famine. Other things, you're booking a gig, you're tour supporter, you're getting you know paid to engineer session X amount an hour, or you own a studio. So yeah, that stuff it probably makes a little more sense, but mm-hmm. it's still not like job security, like a like, right. like what people would consider a regular job. But I tried all that stuff, and I do a little bit of all that now. Mm-hmm. I have a publishing company, so I sign writers. <laughs> you know, I have employees. I work in the studio. I produce songs. I I, mean, I do. Probably too many things, but the, th- the thing I'm best at is the creation of the, of the song and the mentoring of new songwriters trying to
0: help them, figure out how to put what's in their head, how to get that out in a way that somebody could record it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because like when we talked about the music, I always loved when we'd play poker, um, up till three, you know, beating oh, you yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd always listen to hip hop and R and B, old school, you oh yeah, know, that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and yet he's got number one after number one country 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 yeah i always thought that was a i thought that was an interesting oh
1: yeah uh, i mean it's
0: like if you work at a you know sushi
1: restaurant probably the last thing you want to do is go home and Mm -hmm. you know if you or whatever you do all day then you probably go home and, and order that or eat at that same restaurant so that's that mentality is just to a palate cleanse and i love i love country i love It makes the most impact on fans. The subject matter is the widest there can be, you know, as far as like you can talk about making up, breaking up, your dad, God, missing somebody, your family, your kids, your job. I mean, like you can talk about a lot more than than kind of what usually the top hits on Spotify are are about. Right. So that makes it more fun uh, just to
0: kind of be able to cover whatever you want. So how do you feel um, having that hip hop R&B kind of DJing? the stuff you kind of did in high school, mm-hmm. how did that, you know, help you into well, country? I, I, well, country like is usually, especially earlier country
1: and even like 90s and stuff like that and early 2000s was a little bit less melodic, not in a bad way, but just like in a way where you're focused on what it's saying. And the melodies usually kind of went with the chords. They were not predictable, but a, just a little simpler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, knowing other kinds of music growing up, playing a little bit weirder voicings and chords and more cadence and more rhythm-based stuff. After I was here for a while, just tried to inject some of that flavor into, you know, country, which some people can't stand, some people love it. You right. Know, but just, just things where, just stickier melodies, catchier, catchier phrasings, different ways of saying, you know, still keeping a country lyric, sometimes right. an ultra country lyric, but, but pairing that with something that's catchier rhythmically and melodically so you kind of adapted to what people wanted to as well? To no, I don't know if they wanted it or not. It's just what well, we thought you I just... thought it sounded good. And what some people that were my same age that we came up writing, we all grew up on a lot of that stuff, so that it just yeah. found its way into the music. That's just what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and our references and our beats and stuff that we would, grooves that we would start songs with would be, you know, throwback to some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of cross-pollinated a little bit in a great way, where there's Dan and Shay and Sam Hunt and Florida Georgia Line songs that can go, be number one pop songs you
0: know right so did you um thinking back to the the hip-hop and rb did you have uh, uh, some speakers and an amp in your in your ride in high school and college oh uh i didn't have, No, because you know that was the that. cool thing right yeah
1: no we we i would always put it would just be bass up yep you know but, but it would sound you know I was like a, a little bit of an audio guy once I got toward the end of high school, so I didn't just turn the bass up all the way and rattle the trunk. Right, but right, right, I would definitely have it up where it was booming. you got to have the mix,
0: you know. Yeah, you got to have the mix right. Well, I uh, actually, the other day, I was sitting at a Panera, and I was waiting on somebody. in the Forerunner. it's got 10 speakers in it. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty good. It's got a uh, JBL, I think. Oh, yeah. But I—, I I YouTube the old like bass song <laughs> dude I was a oh, like, nemesis or something yeah I mean it was hitting good and yeah. the boys the boys love it um so yeah, I that's something. a funny thing like I never thought like you thought but I always loved music yeah and that's why like even I think as you get older I hear more lyrics, whereas when I was younger, I didn't listen to lyrics. I just listened to the beat. And so I still love the beat, but it's hard sometimes to go, I probably don't need to listen to those lyrics. Yeah. You know? Well, most people don't turn their, it's like whatever their passion is. A lot of times
1: that's just a distraction. Like people love music, thankfully. They love going to shows. They love all that stuff. But I loved it so much that I was like, I have to be, I mean, I have to have my hands on this 24 seven somehow. So um, it's one of those things that it's hard to not obsess about and think about. you know, relentlessly. Right,
0: right. All right, so I remember back in the day when we were visiting people who attended Two Rivers Church mm-hmm. and you had that old Honda Accord that was missing an AC knob and you were too cheap to fix it. Uh, talk to me about the early years in your songwriting journey. How hard did you work and how did you mentally keep yourself in the game? Um,
1: well, speaking of things like that knob... Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just like it turned fine, so I didn't want to go through the. <laughs> you I remember that? Like a hundred bucks to, to replace an knob, so I, could, like I, did, could, I get could get my little fingers in you. there and do it. Yeah, um, but you were always frugal, though. Frugal, yeah. I mean, still, you were I smart, mean, yeah. I'm different kinds of frugal, right? I mean, so so now, I still will use a coupon mm-hmm. in a second. You know what I mean? And try to get the best deal on everything. That's just being a good steward, right? You know? But but, right. but then you know also. We do spend a lot of money on travel and trips with the kids before they get out. So it just depends. I'm I'm I'll spend money on experiences over mm-hmm. over stuff. And some people are the opposite. So it's yeah. not like that's the right thing to do. It's just whatever right whatever it is that, that you think is, you know, worthy of spending it on, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean I've loosened up some, but I'm still like you know, I still know very, very well and can go back there in a second what it's like to try to split one meal or to have a, you know, to order a pizza and try to make it last three days between my wife and I and trying to make sure the heat doesn't get up or the AC doesn't, you know, crank up too much for the electric bill. <laughs> so that's yeah. not, I mean, that's, that, that, that's part of the thing that's necessary. I worked yes tons of jobs, um, that all made me just want to go harder in mm-hmm. music and not have to work those jobs. I think that's part of the process. I mean, right. it was, it was seven years before I had any kind of hit at all, you know, mm-hmm. being a, what they would say, a professional writer, you know what I mean? Like making Less money than all my friends, everything like that. So we always lived within our means then, because we again we were taught the right things. We were financial peace. We were we knew the mm. scriptures about money, and we had good teachers to tell us that stuff. You know, once we moved to Nashville, and so we were very aware of what can happen if you don't do that. And that um, I don't know. I mean, not that we haven't totally struggled, but we would still, even if it was bill to bill, we had it lined up. Send yeah. this this day, all that stuff, and and. Even when we're tempted to do a good job to not to not stretch out and get that property we really wanted or the zones right. we wanted too quick.
0: Yeah. And I think I think many people have have took notice of that as well. Was it difficult, you know, trying to get it to what was it, 05 when you got your first number one Yeah, It, by was, six. Yep. Six? Yep. it was summer of two thousand six and
1: then it takes another year to get the money in from those things, you know. Mm. So um, but knowing it's coming, you can mix it up a little bit. We so had, we had two little kids at that point and mandy decided to stay home which again cut off her source of income and so it was she just was a teacher just a lot of she was right? a teacher yeah. yeah so we not cut off that much income but it was still <laughs> what we needed and we had you know that house where we used to yeah. hang out and play it was fine it had a yard it was all good um nothing brand new in there but it was it was a great home for us for seven or eight years
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we sold it you know, Yeah. the market came up made money and just tried to tried to be smart about all that um but yeah, it was it was then and that was a very surreal thing to actually have something on the radio yeah.
0: um, that anybody cares about. So, so talk to me about that about that moment of hitting that number one by Carrie Underwood. Don't forget to remember me, and then also um, your second one. You're gonna miss this by Trace Atkins. Um, how did that make you feel? Because I know I know me personally. I don't think. When I heard Trace Atkins, like I had tears, but I might have. I mean it was a pretty touching song, you know. Well, that was a magic the, the Trace thing
1: was just a magical song that we felt like we were given to write and also it wasn't I mean it didn't like people fought over that song. you know I mean we right. He agreed to record it. It wasn't his single. It wasn't supposed to be a single. That's 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 the way stuff goes. People don't understand. It's not like oh, we wrote this and everybody's like oh, of course this is a big song. They had no idea. We thought it was special we, when we heard his version of it. We thought it was special, but it still wasn't slated to come out. Mm-hmm. Another single he had out failed, and they needed something to fill the wow fill the room. So they put that out, and people
0: reacted. And he was on The Apprentice at the time, and yeah, then he just won. So. Yeah. some some award to saying he yeah. sung it like so they, yeah there's a there's always a little bit of outside magic like like with Carrie
1: she I mean that album sold like crazy that was like the last big selling album because then sales started going mm-hmm. down streaming became more prevalent but she won American Idol I watched that show like a fan I loved that show first two or three seasons we watched were you rooting her
0: live were yeah, you rooting yeah, for yeah, yeah. her yeah, yeah were you writing with her at the time no or no not I, didn't write, I didn't okay. write that
1: with her I didn't write with her until that whole album was till the
0: next album so when um, you got that number one, what, what was, do you remember the feeling? Like, were you? Yeah, it was just like, I mean, it's not,
1: number one's in <laughs> awards are not, they don't like maybe break down yeah. in tears. but, but, <laughs> you but did? Come It was, Come on, it was man. just like, wow, this is, it went number one on my daughter's second birthday, which was very cool. Oh, that's cool. And it's just more the feeling, the, the emotion is like, okay, I can do this. Because so now you've proven, you know. It could always be a fluke, but it's like, okay, if this can happen, then why can't it keep happening? Mm-hmm. Um, now it was two or three years in between that and getting another one, you know, a couple right. of years for sure. So it's not like some crazy roll starting. Right. Even even after that, right. there were a couple of years where there were no awards or no number ones or no hits at all in mm-hmm. top 40s, you know.
0: So, so it, it comes in waves a little bit. So speaking of that moment, that's my next question. So I remember having a conversation with you before our 4th of July get-together at your house. And uh, I believe at that time you had seven number ones. Um, you had gone a few years without a number one. And for lack of a better word, it was killing you. During the time you were flying to L.A., uh, riding with some of the stuff over there. Stuff, yeah. But then you decided, um, you know, you're going to turn your focus back to, yeah. to to country. And then, of course, number one. So like talk to me about that time and what did you do to change your focus oh just
1: hone it in more you know like dial it in a little bit because i love so much stuff like i love publishing and production and pop music and r&b music and making tracks and doing lyrics and melody so the blessing and the curse is I, I'm, I'm decent at a lot of different things but um you know if you it's just like anything it doesn't have to be music if you if you try to do a million things good then there's only you know then it's going to be you're gonna spread yourself too thin so i just mm-hmm. think i had an epiphany of that or felt like god was kind of telling me like hey man
0: like actually didn't i tell you didn't i tell you that's yeah, what you well, should I do it was you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was you, your voice and the voice of god are super similar i think um but it, it wasn't like a big you know thing like that but it was just the pop things they were fun they stretched me but i was just like hey i want to really hone in all my you know all my attention on some artists here and Mm -hmm. really just trying to grind, you know, and I'm talking two or 300 songs a year for several years, um, demoing, pitching, doing everything I could to try to be, try to conquer this market as best I knew how Either they were going to love the stuff I was doing. I tried, I, I branched out a little bit, you know, like when sounds started changing and everything. And so, um, started pushing, pushing the envelope there a little bit. So it turned out to be the right thing to do for sure i even toyed with moving to la two or three times because right. I, I actually love it out there and love the scene and the music and the, the quality of the pop stuff i think is amazing um but this is I've, it was made clear to me this is where i need to be and uh i'm glad that i'm glad that happened so mandy maybe even now i may
0: occasionally go out there
1: but i definitely right. have kept
0: was it tough at that season whenever because i know your 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 record label what right they'd send you wherever they'd do whatever you wanted to to, well, to like it's, give it's up like, that a
1: little bit it's like if uh pro you know like if a pro athlete gets in a slump you know and they don't really know what's happened, they feel like they're still running and shots aren't going in they know how to shoot right um but looking back after i could zoom out i was like those songs weren't great the ones i wasn't getting recorded now sometimes stuff out of your control happens you know you have a song you thinks amazing artist changes his mind on the single or they get dropped or something happens so a lot of that stuff lined up in the wrong way for me there for a couple of years mm-hmm. in two or three different time frames you know which you were probably still getting cuts. You just weren't getting those number ones at that time, right? I was getting a few. Yeah, it's not just number one, just like singles, you know what yeah, I mean? So right, a lot of them go to right. two, three, four, five, six, ten, 10, whatever. So I'd get a single and it'd go to 50 or it would never come out. Mm-hmm. Usually I just wasn't getting the singles. I wasn't getting okay. things that were supposed to be singles. They they weren't coming out. So just like imagine anything in business where you're going to get an account. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute they just go, hey, we're actually shutting down and, and – uh, Bank of America bought us, or whatever whatever the the thing is. So it just right. be like things out of your control, um, and that's the battle is that as much as we try to create this stuff, there's only so much we can control. Right, so
0: right. The but then you look at yourself focused. and you're like, all right, what can I do to? Yeah, what can I do Focus, yeah. right. So right. instead of being like, oh right. man, I got
1: I got messed Blaming over everybody. by not getting these songs out, I'm like, okay, can I write songs that people just have to put out? The where mm. they're like, I have to put this out right now. Um, and then that I started thinking of it in that way. Like instead of songs that would be hits if somebody would record them, I thought of trying to write songs that if the right people heard them, they would be like this, I'm doing this one, you know? Yeah. Writing people's, trying to write somebody's favorite song was a mantra I had there for a a few years, just trying to be like, all right, what would make this where somebody would want it? You know, want to listen to it, stream it, go to
0: the concert and hear it. Were you focusing on relationships as well during that time? Or was it just writing, writing? Uh, A mix of both. Yeah. I mean, I, there
1: were times, even now I get, you know, I know it's a, it's a bad thing, but even today we're rushed. I wish we should be hanging out for an hour after this, but we can't because I've got to get to the next thing. So mm-hmm. the busyness kind of comes with its, you know, negatives, right, too, which right. is when nothing's going on, nothing's expected of you. Then you got all day to sit there and, you know, and you don't have kids having practices all over the place at three o'clock. Then you can hang out with somebody and. Talk for an hour, you know, Mm -hmm. and I still try to build that in. And my wife reminds me of like how important that is in the process. And so I still have those relationships. I'm like best friends with so many of the people I work with. Mm -hmm. And we always have deeper conversations and and make sure uh, what's going on in each other's life, even if we are kind of rushed. You know, it does get that's a challenge for me when I'm booked down to the minute on stuff. To take time off and all of that. And
0: you could still write for as family and friends. All day, 24 hours a day probably, right? With oh, yeah. People yeah. That I don't really burn out on that. You. Yeah, I don't burn out.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. We, we say no 50% of the time is spent trying to figure out what to do instead right. of everything. But that, that's me being in a great position. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah. it's hard for me to say no because I know the, I know very well the time when nobody was asking you to do anything. Yeah.
0: but Not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, shout out. Your favorite local restaurant and favorite nonprofit and why? Well, my favorite nonprofit or organization in general as my life
1: speaks Mm -hmm. the Wilsons are staying with us right now. Okay. Uh, who we know from two rivers and they, um, help with special needs kids and something they call orphan prevention in Haiti, trying to keep kids with their families, doing whatever they can in the village of Nepli to educate and feed, motivate and train leaders. Um, you know, and, and condone strong spirituality there and, and, and family life and look out for kids that definitely do not get what they deserve, um, in the special needs category. So that's, I know that organization very intimately and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's our major, you know, major thing that we support right. that they're the heart of that. And, um, in the fact, they actually move there, live there, mm-hmm. family there, that that's true dedication and true vision. Not that you can't have that kind of from afar, but to, to be like, okay, we're going to move here and stop some jobs that are pretty good it's not like mm-hmm. they were on their last leg or anything they had good jobs good relationships here and decided to you know right. move there and was that mike over here
0: earlier yeah oh that's funny because i looked briefly and i thought Man, it's very
1: random it's not like they lived yeah, here all the time it's I, I just was just this like, week okay because they're in between we have a little place connect yeah. this, an apartment connected to the studio that they're okay. that's funny they're in there chilling yeah yeah, yeah their son like, played basketball like last night yeah yeah i would have said hi um that's the organization i don't um and restaurant any favorites local restaurant i mean we went we went out for mandy's birthday to virago i like stuff mm-hmm. like that you like there's some- there's, a, there's a new pokey my favorite thing are like those pokey bowls like the uh you know like subway like sushi oh s- yeah subway yeah. like you, where you go book. go through and do yeah you go through and do your bowl with mm-hmm. the with the raw tuna and the different toppings and stuff so i don't know if there's, I've a, had new the sushi there's bowl. a new place a new place yeah you need to do okay. it there's a new place over here on frankenpike that's i mean i don't know if it's as good as like la or somewhere close to the uh, water you know or new york but um it's good okay that, that's kind of my go-to and then any, you know there's the you know we used to eat at las palmas back in the day when i was like 21 oh yeah and there's one over here but i mean that's still the, the whole family goes out that's a great place garcia's is where we eat after church mm-hmm. almost uh religiously yeah um, have you seen dan miller that's there spot. that's
0: one of his favorite places Oh, uh-uh. yeah Yeah. I'm, I'm going up to see uh drew this weekend oh yeah yeah cool celebrate his 40th oh there you go that'd be that, fun the las palmas they love that too Really? Yeah, th- yeah. That's those are my good vibes there. All right. So I know you have some excellent negotiation skills and great, uh, bi- and you have a great business mind, um, and have negotiated some deals that were unprecedented to the music industry. How has that helped contribute to your overall success? I mean, that is that is the
1: the thing. I always tell people like I hopefully know how to get the most money out of a song because I don't think I know how to write the best songs, but when when they work, then I'm I'm just I just understand some of those I don't know contract mm-hmm. you know language and things and I know kind of what things are really worth uh, I've, I've learned to not undersell myself as writers it's easy to be like oh we're just so lucky to make any money these pennies fall from heaven for these songs and that's <laughs> true but then you got to know hey there's some there's a reason there's this company's worth two billion dollars you know whoever it is a major so mm-hmm. just being a ed- I took all that in in a college as well, publishing, okay. copyright so law, business—you you, so get a lot out of
0: college. Yeah,
1: and then I also would like when I, when I would hear about somebody doing something like selling a catalog or something that was like a little bit of a non-normal thing in the music business, I would I would like inspect it and be like, okay, how did they do this? Well, how did that happen? You know mm-hmm. what what does that mean? And there are companies, acquisition companies, especially that have popped up in the last five years or so that you know writers like me have songs that are kind of like annuities for people. You know, like we well, can be a stock so. Mm-hmm have a song that's already been a hit, and once it's kind of lived its life there on radio, if you have enough of them to put them in a bundle, then it can be like something that continually pays somebody and becomes a good investment for somebody. So it's like a win-win. And I've learned how to work those pretty well, and I love helping people do that because I just mm-hmm. want writers to try to get closer to what they're worth. We obviously right. still are are light years away from that. But there's new streaming laws. There's a Music Modernization Act. There's a few things that are trying to help turn that around. So I'm try- I am try to... Um, you know, I've been to Washington just trying to trying to get people to understand mm-hmm. uh, what creators deserve because we're like the last ones usually on the totem pole, which is fine because we love what we do. And Nashville gives us a lot of attention and credibility, right? And uh, really honor um, it's the only city in the world that really does that to their songwriters, just making sure that hey, this is all we get, you know. So we're like running backs, our knees are going to be gone, right? Pretty young, yeah. Usually, every now and then, there's a Tom Brady or whatever, and I'm trying to be that and stretch as long as I can, but eventually. I'm gonna be out too, you know. So, trying to set up your family for life off of a few good runs is a, you know, there's an art to that. So yeah, a, and so I'm, I try to I try to be decent at that.
0: Yeah, that's sure That's yeah. I I've seen that. I love talking some of the the negotiation and working things in progress with you.
1: Yeah, I um, never never rude anybody. I mean, maybe, I don't understand
0: know. it all, but you know, I know that that's that's one of the things that sets you apart. Um, all right. So we're in a world of distractions. with social media being a big one, mm-hmm. you have never jumped into social media. Why not? I don't like that. There's a camera here or that anybody's
1: listening. I will never listen <laughs> back to this ever, you know, so I don't know if that's bad self-confidence or what, but I, I, I don't have the star, the look at me. Yes. Um, I just don't have that at all. Um, to the point where it freaks me out. Didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. and, and I just don't, I don't know. It, it's just very odd. Now, I know it's a new generation thing. and Everybody does it. And my wife does it. And everybody, and the, everybody I know does it. There's like two or three of us writers that don't do it. And I was even asked by um, one of the publishing companies to do that. Like, hey, this will help do this, do this mm-hmm. several years ago. And I was like, I don't think it will. And it didn't make a difference at all, Man. in my opinion. You know, like I'm human. So if I know everybody, if I'm on there and I see, oh, these people are working with this artist. I wanted to work with them. They told me no. Why, what, what's better about them? I mean, we're all like high schoolers, you know, deep down. So all that stuff, I don't need any of that, you know. Right, I also right. don't like to like brag and be like, hey, I mean, my wife may post something like, oh, we got our whatever. Right. But to be like, yo, I'm in the studio today with this person, which is basically, you know, you wish you were, but you're not. I'm awesome. <laughs> you know, I can't get with that at all. So, And you know, we have a Taper Music Instagram, which is my company, because we brag okay. on other writers, and they may brag on me occasionally. So it's not like I think it's evil. Right. I just right. don't need any more. Just, I'm already distracted in my head, right? So just for me to calm down and and watch a show with my wife or to have a conversation and actually focus on somebody is really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm scrolling on top of that, I can't imagine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it just stirs up things in my own being that I don't like. So I've never right i've never understood the big draw yeah.
0: yeah i love it i mean i love it even though i'm like hey let's put a marketing plan together to oh yeah get this content i No, no. know, I know.
1: We're, and we're in on that when we have artists we make we're like oh why
0: aren't you posted today right. or whatever But i don't know how to get on there I don't know how to check it but um, i mean i i respect it and when somebody doesn't it's like you know with trying to you know sit down yeah. with you it's like if something comes up i'm like hey dude it's you know i, I respect your time but it's a focus thing for me too. Yeah, if I'm gonna right. focus on <clears throat> family or, or kids, making sure they're doing their
1: training or whatever, and right. I, I don't, I don't even know how. to Be honest, I, maybe I'm just too busy. I don't know where people will get the time to do it. Right. Well, um, that's probably the and if problem, I have downtime, though, right? I'm watch, if I have downtime, I'm I mean, checking like NBA recap. It's not like I'm like oh right anti internet. There's stuff I do too. Like I would just be watching it. I, I don't re I don't unwind by looking at what everybody else is doing. I unwind by like, but I also try to plan mm. trips. I'll be looking up, oh, what if we go to these places? So I have my thing too, you know, it's yes. just not that thing.
0: Right, <laughs> right. That's cool. I mean, you're more focused on what you want to do versus right. getting caught up in what everybody else is doing, pretty much. And that's, you know, even as I as I do that, because, you know, social media can be a great marketing tool, but it's like just use it for marketing, not for Oh, no, but no, no,
1: here's the thing. I don't judge on any of that. It no, can I know you make. Don't. It can not like, It can save, like, I mean, the, the things that we can do can on save social media wells. now. Well, it can do whatever, right? It can raise money. It can help yeah. people through times. It can let everybody know what my kids are doing that otherwise would have no idea, family. So all that stuff's great.
0: I'm just not in it.
1: You know? Yeah. I'm yeah. just not doing that.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, so Mandy recently posted on Facebook. Number 39, his songwriting isn't even his biggest passion. He's a rock star husband, intentional father, diligent travel agent, passionate. She did post that? Yes. I've never seen that. I've never heard that. Right. Passionate little league (laughs) basketball coach and so much more. He he still gets excited when songs come on the radio and never gets used to the feeling when they reach the top of the charts. I'm so proud of how hard he works, but we always come first. He'll rearrange a right to not miss one of the kids' games or a school function. He loves his job, loves Jesus, and loves us so well. So proud of you, Ash. So talk to me about that balance um, in her post and that, because that yeah, says well, a lot. Yeah, that does. That's a great. I know she said that. Again, that's where, that's where
1: I should be on social media. So I know that she said that, but that's amazing. I don't live up to all that all the time, but I'm glad that she would— you would think that. Um, I am to the point now where it's silly to not can't, you know, there's a game Friday, I'm gonna go, you know, or I have been known for taking red out, you know, flights back from LA to be at a tournament game. Um, not that the sport is so important, but there's just no excuse not to. In my mind, I want to do, like, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd rather coach kids basketball than write with what name a huge artist today. That's just where my mind is, you know? Mm-hmm. So God has kind of helped um, relieve the pressure, the, you know, being caught up in that enough for me to where I can really be, um, be able to do all those things. Mm-hmm. There was a year, I remember like four or five years ago, uh, six years ago, maybe where no, like four or five years ago where I had the opportunity to coach like middle school girls basketball, but it was right when things were starting to take off for me. And it was going to require me to be done at like two thirty every day, you know, mm-hmm. which is not a lot of time to write a song when right. you started like 11. Right. Um, and and i was like yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna coach it ended up being like my biggest year it you know like at the time the biggest year so i was just like okay this can be honored maybe or maybe i just i learned to write really fast which Mm. some which sometimes um is bad and sometimes it's good you know what i mean just to get everything out of my head as fast as i can so i can get out of there uh and that's what kind of taught me yeah to do that so yeah the balance i mean i don't have the exact right balance because i'm still thinking about you know, that stuff probably right, right. too much. But it is the point where when I say, hey, I'm, I'm going to not do this trip, my kids would say, like, no, dude, you're not even, you know, right. say, you're, you're, you're not gone that much, as much as you think you are. So I'm, I'm glad that they know that I I will miss whatever. Um, mm, gotcha. If it, if it means that I got to miss something to there. So right. they're also like, when I went on that big trip and I was doing the Thomas Red thing, then they were the first ones to encourage me to do it. and They're like, you'd be so cool, Dad yeah come out to a show and hang out so no all that works in a in a great way so i really i really want to they are more important so that, that that's always been a thing with me mean, music has always been the most fun thing i get to do and the best way i can make a living but it's never been like my life if it is i would go nuts because bad things happen every day with songs or right i can't figure out how to do it right. I'm, I'm able to let that go and be like Phew. sometimes i'm get frustrated as heck about a situation still because it's it's competitive you know but I try to maintain that that balance and just, you know, like exhale and remember everything has its place. You know.
0: So Mandy, how would you meet her and how would you propose? I proposed not far from here,
1: up on the Narrows of the Harpeth, and now we live on the Harpeth River, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. I didn't realize how close that was to this place till we were driving yeah. one day. But uh, I mean, just like the, after after college was over, I knew she was one and asked her, and then we met. Well, yeah, because she's from family. Danville, right? She's from, yeah. Did no, go we didn't, to go, we my didn't s- go. No, okay. we didn't go to My school, so we actually didn't really get in a relationship till senior year and then we headed out you know so most of it was long distance dating she went to UK and I went here and uh we you know decided to stay together and figured if it did if it worked it did and if it didn't it didn't and it and it did thankfully and she really supplies all the other side of the brain things that I need mm-hmm. to function she's very solid and very um logically sound on things so i'll just uh, i go to her with a lot of things like hey you you have a better read on this than me what should mm. i do this or this mm-hmm. she's like oh this and i can't see that so she can see things very well she has a really good instinct and a gut about things and is usually right so that that helps you know what i mean yeah that helps yeah. me through yeah. everything she knows when things are getting out of whack and she'll be like hey let's get off balance a little bit not in a mean way but just in like right we all you know we she keeps the whole thing on track you know yeah. And, and
0: reminds me when it's getting off track yeah that's cool so and humble i mean she's just as humble as you like is there ever a temptation to not be humble like how have you kept that balance no being not around the people that you've been around like not going into the party scene or the you know like you you've always seemed to well, no, say we go to parties i mean sometimes that scene
1: is super fun you know and the scene being just like we're all celebrating ourselves yes yeah. well
0: and i guess you when i say I mean? party scene meaning like going get wasted <sighs> or whatever but, you know? uh, I know you don't do that. Well, it's,
1: it's a, it's a, right. It's, it's like a, like going out, there was a party a couple nights ago, I'm not tempted to go to that. It's not because it, of people getting wasted or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just like, I need to be here because I know what keeps everything in balance. So mm-hmm. being married and having kids helps you, you know, forego some of that stuff, you know? right. The people I work with that I like working with are all humble. Like, it's not like I stand out for that. To me, I think Nashville, the community is humble and very thankful because I think most of us came from a place where there wasn't money, there wasn't opportunity, and there wasn't. We all can go back there in a split second. So, um, it's a tricky balance sometimes because you got to have confidence and know hey i'm gonna bring the heat today and make this happen and write the best thing these people ever heard um but there's not a temptation to be like oh look at me or whatever i don't, right. I, don't I think we're all we all shy away from that like crazy not the artists necessarily because they've got to be that person but um the writers like being in the dark mm-hmm. corner and yeah. kind of watching from afar all that happen.
0: any struggle or anything you would share with musicians like encouragement to say hey do this i know you've i know you've been focused and determined and drive and all that stuff like is yeah, there anything I mean, you mean would- d- just that it takes a long
1: time right i mean my, my determination drive is what i think got me here right so um now there has to be some odd quirks and talents that come along with that and so somebody can work as hard as they can and just not never happen they don't have the skill set and it's just not there and they should do something else you know so it's not just it's not just just like if i wanted to work on jumping every day, I still can't dunk, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like some of that stuff's God-given. And, right, uh, and, right. But you, but you should push as hard as you can and find out if you've got that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you talk about writing from age 13 to 18 for five years, working on music, doing it for four more years through college, and then doing it for seven years after that, for 16 years of doing it without making it, you know, like mm-hmm. and failing every day for thousands of days. So the reality of that is something is somebody's got to be willing to stomach Mm-hmm. And if they find somebody, if they're single, that's one thing. If they're in a relationship, you got to make sure up front that person knows what's about to happen and that you probably will never make it and probably will never make any money. Those are hard to find. Probably. I think out there I found one and and it makes everything way sweeter, you know, so just like having that determination, not blind determination, like I'm just going to pour this in. But actually having, you know, just really being willing to do that grind and to not complain and not to, to blame things. Um, on all of that, you know, mm-hmm. like Nashville doesn't owe us success mm-hmm. just because we can play guitar or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, you got to find your own way to do it. You may be a session musician, you may get into production, like I did and find out that you're more of a lyric melody person. You may get into songwriting and figure out that you're more of a lyric person. You may figure out, you may think you're an artist and then find out that you should work at a label. Mm-hmm. Um, so being open to all that stuff. And uh, also, it's like taking it super serious, where you're 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 going hard. You're working, you know, lots of hours in a day, just trying to go above and beyond everybody else, outworking everybody. But also making it to where there are things more important than that. I think is important, not as a distraction, but just as a a balance. Again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep. of like that way, when you have the worst music day of your life, you're not like you know depressed, right? That's that's very very important, I think. The balance of that yeah
0: all right cool well man appreciate it and if you want to connect with ashley just turn your country music station on yeah. and you'll probably every, other, every yeah. other song you might uh it might be one that ashley co-wrote so uh man appreciate your time yes i so. could i really could have hung like i had like i, ten, I had more, i had 10 more questions so Sorry. maybe we could do part we'll two, part down two. Down do right. it dude yeah. you should do that oh I, I will you know you all just right. you just say when thanks man all right man cool thanks right, see you. appreciate it Well, hopefully you're inspired to go write more if you're a writer and, uh, keep that focus because sometimes you just got to grind and grind and work hard. And that's obviously applicable towards any business out there. Um, definitely had a good time hearing some more details to Ashley. I've known him for, I don't know, probably going on 17 years, I think. Um, so it's, it's definitely been a joy to see him, um, I guess get all the success he's done with the hard work and having conversations with him throughout to to know the business side it was always um really key to part of his success as well hopefully uh, you uh, walk away with some good tools to apply to whatever you're pursuing and uh, keeping the balance and knowing that some of the different things you have i don't know if it's purpose calling in your life Um, passions that you can apply those towards what you're doing now. The sponsors for the podcast are the one and only me, Andrew Buckwalter with Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. If you have any real estate needs in Nashville, if you're looking to buy or sell or looking for investment properties, make sure to give me a shout. I love doing the podcast. I love meeting new people. I love sharing the stories and sharing what others are doing in Nashville. But first of all, I love real estate, so I am here to help you. If you have any lender needs, make sure to give Brandon Hutchison a shout with Legacy Mutual, and if you are in need of a good title, David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow would love to have your business. Next week, Derek Evans, co-owner from Project 615, joins me in the Rambler. We had a great conversation about how he left a nice corporate job in Indianapolis and headed to Nashville. Nope, not for music, but just a push from the man upstairs. He shares all the details that lined up for him to start a business selling apparel and just recently published a book on that journey. If you want to connect with Ashley Gorley, all you got to do is turn on a country radio station. And more than likely, if you listen to it for, I don't know, 30 minutes, you'll probably come across one of the songs he's uh, written. And this week, I decided not to feature an artist at the end. So that'll be it. Hope you enjoyed this interview and feel free to share it uh, with your friends and family. And subscribe so you stay up to date with the next episode thanks for your time we hope you've enjoyed listening to nashville untold with andrew buckwalter we encourage you to leave us a rating or review on itunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts send us an email to podcast at com. until next time